Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. In the storm, you want to not say necessarily why. What you want to say is this, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? You see, all the storms are lessons. Lessons to be passed now or we take them again. You need to learn them now. I need to learn them now. What are you trying to say to me, God? Don't doubt God's presence because if you've invited Jesus in your boat, he's with you. Don't doubt it. There are many different reasons as to why we experience storms. Oftentimes, we're struggling because of sin, because of something we have done. Other times, life storms are used to teach us a lesson. You see, in this world today, we're too independent. We've forgotten our need for God. However, when we're faced with a storm, that's when we truly learn what it means to lean on God and trust in His plan for our lives. Pastor Mark will share with us today that God does care. It's not his desire to see you struggle. He wants to see you learn and grow. He wants you to have victory over life's storms. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 3, for the conclusion of our message entitled, Riding Out the Storms of Life. The trials will test you to show how strong you are, to show how pure you are. It would be just like taking this gold and putting it under fire and getting rid of all the dross. These tests will come. And your faith is the most important thing that you can have. Did Peter learn the lessons? Yes, he did. He didn't say, when trials come, go as far from them as you can. He says, in fact, welcome them. And then the book of Romans says this, We rejoice in sufferings or trials because we know that these trials or storms produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. So how are you going to get strong spiritually? One way. By your faith being tested. Who's going to test him? God is. And he does that because he loves us. Somebody asked you this morning, wherever you're at in your life, as you look back over your last little sailing trip, where you've been, what's been happening to you, maybe you're in that storm this morning, right now, right here. Let me ask you, are you learning your lesson? Do you understand why now the storm is here? Are you learning, if the if you're in that storm this morning, are you learning to depend on God? Or are you still bailing? Just bailing for everything you get. It's more water's coming in. And see, you will come to a storm in your life, I believe more than one, that will beat you. You, you can't do it in your own strength. You're going to have to call out for somebody. And God brings that to show us that we can't run our own lives. There will be those storms that will be bigger than you. Well, how did the disciples respond? Let's look back at chapter 4, verse 38. Now, Jesus was in the stern. (laughs) What was he doing during the storm? 
He's sleeping on a cushion. Now figure that out. How did we say this boat was going? Like this, and like this. You think there was any noise on the boat? Man, these guys are screaming and bailing and rolling and the, the wind's blowing and the crazy sail is being shredded and what's Jesus doing? What does that show us? It shows us he was really exhausted. But it shows us some other things. So into that, here's Jesus. And the disciples wake him. How many of you think maybe that could have been Peter? You know, old bashful Peter. It says here, the disciples, in this verse, the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? Now, we're on the boat. You have to put yourself there. The boat's swamped. They're about to lose their life. Jesus is sleeping. How do you think they came to Jesus? Jesus, we're in a bad spot here. <laughs> do you think you could help us a little bit? How many think that's the way Peter would have done it? Help! Or whatever, right? It's exactly how Peter would have done it. Now look what he says to him. Look what the disciples say to him. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Have you ever felt like that? In the middle of a storm, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a difficulty, have doubts filled your mind and you said, God, why have you allowed this? I mean, I was doing fine until this health report came. God, where are you? Are you mad at me? My marriage was fine. What happened? Are you even aware, God, that I'm in the storm? It's, it's as if, God, you're sleeping. Was Jesus pretending to be asleep? No, Jesus was sleeping. Why was he sleeping? Number one, he was exhausted. Number two, he totally trusted God. You see, he knew God was sovereign. He knew his work on earth wasn't done. He trusted God. He was sleeping. You know, the Bible in Proverbs tells us that sleep for a Christian is a wonderful thing. If you go to bed at night and have to take sleeping pills all your life as a Christian, you need the peace of God. You need the peace of God. Because the peace of God says this, God, you have everything in control. It's okay. I'm swamped right now. I'm fearful right now. And we're all fearful. Don't, don't get me wrong. We're all fearful. When you get that call, when you get that report, when you get that whatever, the first thing that comes is that, that panic in our lives, just as the disciples were doing. And I believe the panic comes from Satan. Because he begins to throw those fiery darts of doubt. And that's when you have to lift the shield of faith. Because here's what Satan will say to you. He will always cause you to doubt God's Word. Do you not know what's happening, they're saying to Jesus? That questions God's all-knowing character. Don't you care? Questions God's compassion. Remember, the battlefield is always the mind. That's where Satan comes. And the only way you can fight Satan is through the Word of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2, that renews your mind. 
Certainly this morning, God cares. Certainly this morning, God knows. When I'm swamped, when I'm tempted to doubt, I must not go by my feelings. I must go by the truth of the Word of God. That will get you through the storm. Point number three this morning is this. All storms will come to an end. And everybody said, Amen. We like that one, don't we? As you look at that this morning, the Bible says that Jesus got up. Let me read it for you. The disciples shook him, no doubt Peter, and Jesus got up and he said this. Jesus got up and said, you stupid disciples. This is the only rest I've had in days. You idiots. Why did you wake me up? You wimps. Can't you handle anything on your own? Why should I continue to put up with you? Oh God, give me another 12. These guys are losers. He didn't say that, did he? What would you have said if you were Jesus? We probably couldn't print it in the Bible, could we? I mean, what did you say when your husband or wife or friend woke you up on your day off and they forgot you weren't working that day? Why did you wake up? This is the only day I can ever sleep in. Jesus didn't respond that way. Look what he says. He says, no, he got up. He rebuked the wind. That word means in the Greek, literally, he muzzled the wind. And he said to the waves, quiet, be still. The Greek tense there is, be calm and remain calm. You see, the wind died down and it was completely calm. The first thing that Jesus does after he's awoken from a sleep is he calms the storm. He brings instant peace to the whole situation. You see, that's supernatural. Don't ever, ever discount the supernatural ability of God. Why do you think God did that first? I believe he did it first because he was touched with the feelings of the fearful disciples. They were young. They hadn't got it yet. They didn't understand really who he was. We'll see that at the last verse this morning. They, they didn't get it. He understood a verse that is written to us that says this in Hebrews. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but we have one, Jesus, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. I believe Jesus responded that way first because he could see the panic in the heart of the disciples. Do you know, this morning, Jesus Christ sees your panic, sees your anger, sees your questioning. He feels your hurt. He understands your anxiety. He is aware. Quit listening to the lies of Satan. God is a compassionate God, an all-caring God. He knows. He sees. He loves. You see, 
in the storm, you want to not say necessarily why. What you want to say is this, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? You see, all the storms are lessons. Lessons to be passed now or we take them again. You need to learn them now. I need to learn them now. What are you trying to say to me, God? Don't doubt God's presence because if you've invited Jesus in your boat, He's with you. Don't doubt it. You see, calm will come. Every storm has an end. Look at verse 40. Then He said to His disciples, two questions. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, God's order of teaching was correct. He couldn't teach the disciples the lesson when they were panicked. So He calmed the situation. And then He taught the lesson. He questioned them. He challenged them. They were learners. That's what disciple means. They had failed the test miserably. He asked them the two questions. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Even though the faith of the disciples was almost non-existent, notice one key fact. What little faith they had when faced against a wall that was immovable, notice who they went to. You see, even though you have little faith, when you come up against the wall, go to God. He'll respond in a loving fashion. He'll minister to you in His timing. Now, I've gone to God when there's storms and somehow the storm didn't stop instantaneously. Do you know, you know what I mean? That's because God hadn't done His work in my life yet. There was more to do. I don't like God's timing, do you? I like my own timing. But God's timing is always perfect. The storm will come to an end. Now, did the disciples have good reason for fear? As they rowed that boat to the, that day, did they have good reason for fear as it was going? I'm going to give you A, B, and C why I believe they did not have. A is this. God's promises. Believe them. When Jesus started the day that evening, He said to His disciples, let's what? Let's go where? To the other side. That was a guarantee of a successful trip. It was not a guarantee of an easy one. Isaiah 43.2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. See, God knows how high the water is. He knows the fire. He knows exactly the test you're going through today or the one that you will go through if everything's calm in your life today. And they will not overflow you. You will not be burned. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those that love God. Now, at some point in your life, you're going to have to come to the place where you trust God and His promises. If you live in constant fear of the unknown, you will live a very miserable life. You see, fear paralyzes. Fear causes me to doubt God and His Word. As a Christian, 
I have no reason ever to fear. I trust God with my life. When Jesus is done with me on this earth, I will be directly in heaven. If I don't do something stupid like driving out to the corner and not looking and just driving or whatever, I might hasten the day of going to heaven. But if I don't do anything like that, I have nothing to fear. Think about that this morning, guys. Some of you have so much anxiety and fear about life. And I'm not talking about things that aren't real. Certainly we have disease and all those things. But when God takes us, it means our time is done. Stephen, a young convert in the book of Acts, is stoned at a really young age. And people go, man, what a, what a waste to a life. No, God was through with Stephen. He had a short window. He's got a long window with God forever. And you say, what a waste. No, because at that stoning, there was a guy by the name of Saul who became Paul, who remembered back to no fear Stephen as he's being stoned and went, I need that kind of faith. Most of the New Testament is written by Paul. You see, when God's done with you and I, we're out of here. If next week I die, there'll be somebody else in this pulpit next week just as talented and, and dedicated to God, and they'll go on probably usually they end up more talented and more dedicated. You see, Satan was trying to stop the boat from going to the other side. He was trying to destroy God, Jesus, and the disciples. He was trying to get people not to be able to come to the place where this cross was. But God was in control. You don't have to fear. When God's done with you, you're done and it's good time to go. Before then, relax. Put on your seatbelt, stop at the stop signs, and enjoy Jesus Christ. So, we need to, A, believe God's promises. B, God's presence. Enjoy it. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. This morning, if you're a Christian, God has promised never to leave you, never to forsake you. Listen to this. If you're a Christian and you invited Jesus Christ into your boat, between the time when you invite Him in your boat and the time when you reach the other shore, there is never a time when Jesus leaves your boat. He's always there. Look at verse 41 in Mark. It says they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. Isn't it interesting? They were terrified at the storm. The storm is calm. Calm comes back. Now they're terrified again. But what of a man who could stand and have control over the elements? They couldn't believe that. They, they saw a few people healed, but somebody that could have control over creation? Well, it's not too difficult. He was the Creator. You see, God is in control this morning. The disciples were soon to learn this truth. The more you trust God, the more you find anything is possible. 
Week after week, we get letters, we get people that come by, and they share their testimonies of what God's doing in their lives. It's awesome for all of us as we see elders and I will read the letters and whatever and the, the things that people share in confidence to us. To say, I came to the church, I thought I was a Christian, I didn't know this and any other, I, I really became a Christian this time, and God's just totally changed my life, and I'm growing, I can't understand the Word, and now I understand the Word, and all these neat things are happening, and it's just wonderful. Well, that's because of God's power. Don't ever doubt it. We're seeing marriages being restored in this body. Relationships being healed. People's lives turning upside down. People at work asking questions about people there. Saying, what, what, what has made a difference in your work? How come you're like that? Oh, I go, Jesus Christ changed my life. Now remember, there's still storms. But God's power. Trust it. There is nothing impossible with God. Point number four this morning is this. You will arrive on the other side. Heaven, if you have Jesus in your boat. This morning, you need to understand on our sailboating through life, we will all experience storms. The same Jesus who was in that boat 2,000 years ago is still in your life today. Isn't that incredible? As you and I go through life, wherever you're at, we will one day come to a place called the other side. I don't know how old you'll be. You see, we never know. But for a Christian, arriving at the other side, no fear. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. You see, Jesus is in that boat, so there's no fear for you as a Christian this morning. You will arrive at His time. And again, I don't know where that is. It could be at a young age that you'll arrive at the shore. Boom. Middle age. Maybe late. But you will arrive. Now, if you're not a Christian this morning, let me trace your life. If you're not a born-again Christian this morning, I will guarantee you a couple of things. First, you will arrive on the other side. You will face death. Everybody faces death. If you don't have Jesus in your boat, when you arrive on the other side, you have plenty to fear. Because the other side has two destinations. One is heaven. We call that being with God for all eternity. The other destination is hell separated from God for all eternity. There's only one person that makes a difference between the two destinations, and that person is Jesus Christ. You see, he's not going to climb into your boat because he only comes where he's invited. You have to do that. And I guarantee you, if you'll do it, you'll find this, that sailing through life with Jesus is better sailing through life without Jesus. The Bible teaches us that God works all things together for good for those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. This is an important promise to remember during the storms of life. In today's lesson, Pastor Mark gave us some encouragement. He reminded us that even though we might be in the middle of a storm, God is there. 
If we're willing to listen, He can teach us something while we're walking through it. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. The title of today's message is Riding Out the Storms of Life, and the message number is MB3123. Again, the title of today's message is Riding Out the Storms of Life, and the message number is MB3123. Pastor Mark was teaching from the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. And if you'd like to place an order, you can just remember today's date as well. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will give us a strong exhortation, an exhortation to tell it like it is. Understand that as believers, we need to have boldness. We need to be able to share the truth of God's Word without compromise. Yes, we're to spread the gospel message, but don't forget to do so in love. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time. As Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living.